Welcome to another edition of the Journal Podcast. For Kalkun Wan, cooking has always been a part of his DNA. Having grown up in the kitchens of Chinese takeaways and restaurants, this third-generation restaurateur radiates a passion for food that is palpable. Journal Magazine discusses how those experiences have shaped his life and his love of Chinese food. We also discuss his greatest achievements and challenges, look at his latest cookbook, where he gets his inspiration from, and how he has gone from kung fu school martial arts instructor to appearing on ITV's This Morning, where he's been cooking up a storm. Thanks very much for joining us, Diego, and that's really appreciated. Uh, I'm going to start off, I guess, with an incredibly open-ended question and just ask for you to tell us about your background, how it is that you got into cooking. Well, mum and dad had a restaurant, and as children, we would obviously visit the restaurant, um, just, you know, as very small children. And then um, in 1984, they um, actually bought a restaurant with living accommodation upstairs. Now, I was only 10 years old at the time, but that just meant that not only did mum and dad have a restaurant, it was part of the family home now. So I think sort of like just vicariously, sort of like we spent a lot more time downstairs in the restaurant. And by the time, I mean, I don't even know when I started work, apart from when mum and dad were busy, they would call up the stairs and say, can you give us a hand? Now that could be answering the telephone. It could be opening the door for customers walking in or very often be in the kitchen, either peeling carrots or washing up or whatever. So, you know, I, I think from the age of around about 10 or 11 years old, I've kind of like always worked within a restaurant environment. And obviously, right throughout my teenage years, I worked predominantly in the kitchen, and that's where I learned to cook. What was it like growing up in that environment then? At the time, I think it was a little bit frustrating, if I'm completely honest, because obviously friends of ours, like, you know, come the weekend, especially in the evenings and stuff, you know, our, our friends were out and they were playing and, um, you know, and then obviously as you get a little bit older into your teens, you want to start going to discos and nightclubs and, and other stuff. And um, you would, you know, often be like, well, no, you can't because we're short staff this weekend. You need to work. Now, growing up, uh, and I'm in my, well, like I say, late 40s now, um, I didn't realise how much of a work, how many lessons you actually learn during that period. And it's, it's given all three of us, that's my brother and my sister, um, a really strong work ethic. You know, we, you know, we're not scared of working, you know, and we, and also as well, you know, you see a lot of these people sort of like say, well, that's not my job. Well, your job is whatever requires that needs to be done kind of thing. And I think you learn that as well when you work within a small business is that regardless, one minute you're washing up, then you're cooking, then you're answering the phones, then you're washing up behind the bar or you're serving drinks. And you just, you, you tend to do whatever needs to be done at that moment in time. So um, the lessons are, as a kid, very frustrating, wanted to go out with my friends. As an adult, oh my God, my mum and dad instilled a really strong work ethic. And um, yeah, I wouldn't change a thing now. So over the years then, you've run a full-time Kung Fu school, you've done a huge martial arts and fitness show at the NEC, you've opened up a truckers cafe, a Taiwanese bubble tea store and a Hong Kong street food bar. What does what you're doing now compare with all that? I suppose the comparison is it's whatever you put your mind to, you can do, you can make happen. So obviously when I decided that I was going to open up a Kung Fu school, it wasn't a matter of how I was going to do it. It was a matter of when I was going to do it. Same with the shows at the NEC. Um, I just thought, you know what, I've got this great idea. I'm going to get a group of people together and we're going to put on this fantastic weekend of martial arts, fitness and whatever else. And we can't just get on with it. So rewind the clock back six and a half years ago. 
I thought, well, okay, I can do martial arts. What else can I do? Well, I'm a trained Chinese chef. I'm going to start teaching people how to cook Chinese food. I set up a website, literally went to Wix.com, I think it was at the time, and um, set up a website. And then lo and behold, sort of like, you know, literally within months, I was being asked to write articles for local papers, magazines, getting the odd TV appearances, doing radio shows. And it kind of like grew from there. And to say it wasn't a matter of, this is this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a you know a, a, a celebrity. Is such a weird word. So another word for celebrity. So you know someone out there, the authority on Chinese food. That wasn't always the case. The case was I enjoy teaching. I'm going to teach people how to cook Chinese food, and then people seemed to engage with what I was doing. And it, it, it kind of like, you know, it was funny, actually, I was watching um, an interview with Tyson Fury, you know, the heavyweight boxer, mm-hmm. and he was saying literally just, you know, literally just a couple of minutes ago, do something you enjoy and people will pay you. And I enjoy cooking. I enjoy martial arts. And the two things I've made money out of my entire life is teaching people how to punch and kick and now teaching people how to toss a walk. <laughs> so but it's two things that I'm pretty good at and I enjoy doing. What do you enjoy more, the, the kung fu teaching people to kick and punch or the cooking? And what, what do you think you're better at? Without sounding big-headed, I'm bloody good at both, if I'm completely honest. There, you know, there, there are a few things in life that you're good at. Two, my two things is I've studied martial arts for the last 45 years, so therefore I can move. You know, I'm a big guy, but, you know, I can move quick. I can punch heavy. I understand distance, timing, rhythm, the whole lot. But I also love food. You know, you don't get this big if you haven't got this or that passion for food. <laughs> so, yeah, so, and, you know... And, you know, what better than thinking, like, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to take these raw ingredients and I'm going to create something. And the reward is I'm going to sit down and I'm going to gorge on this fantastic meal. And the problem gets to a point of where we don't like to eat out very often these days because we go out and we get disappointed because we can always cook better at home kind of thing because you give it that love and attention. It's not mass produced, you know. So, so yeah, so in answer to your question, I'm bloody good at both. <laughs> I'm a good martial art ass kicker and I, I think I'm a very good cook purely because I really do love food. On that, you've, you've done a number of cookbooks as well, including your latest one, which was the, the 10-minute Chinese takeaway. Tell us about that and, and how that works. So, um, yeah, again, I, I started the website and I was writing recipes and I thought, you know what, I'm going to collate these recipes and I'm going to call it Chinese soul food. Chinese soul food because it was food that I ate growing up in the restaurants, in the takeaways, what we were eating at home, what we were eating for staff dinners. Now, I created this book and I thought, OK, I've got this book, what am I going to do with it now? So I contacted a couple of publishers and they were kind of interested, but not really because it wasn't mainstream enough. And then I met my agent, Claire Holton, who's a, a fantastic literary agent. And she said, you know what, give it with, give it to me. And she put it in front of some very, very big sort of like publishing houses. And again, they loved the idea, but they wanted something that was going to be a bit more mainstream. And the, the publishers at the time was Quadril, who I'm still with, which is part of the Hardy Grant group. And they said, could you do a, a cookbook on Chinese takeaway food? And I said, well, that's what I did my entire childhood. Chinese takeaway, Chinese restaurant food. And within two weeks, I'd written a book called Chinese Takeaway Cookbook. And that was the start of the very, very first book. And I think because of the success of that book, and because for some reason no one else had gone out and done it, they said, well, OK, then could you do a vegetarian version? I said, well, yeah, of course. You know, so I went off and went and wrote a vegetarian, which, which took me about six weeks. 
And then that did really well. And they said, well, could you do it in only five ingredients? <laughs> so I'm thinking, hmm, that one took three months to write. It wasn't that easy, but it, it made it happen, you know, obviously using these sources. And then, uh, again, the question was, well, how about 10 minutes? Because obviously the big thing in any Chinese restaurant or takeaway you go into, especially takeaways, you ring up the order and just say, well, I want a chicken chow mein, sweet and sour chicken balls, um, egg fried rice. How long is it going to be? And you get the same answer every, no matter where you are in the world, wherever you are in the UK, whatever, it's going to be 10 minutes. So tell us, where do you get the inspiration for your dishes from? Yeah, well, predominantly from, from obviously working in the restaurants and takeaways. And obviously I use like, I, re, I use the resources that are available now. So obviously we use the internet and I look at what other people are cooking or what other dishes are being cooked on TV. And I think, well, how would I do that? How would I change it? How would I make it my own? How would I put my little Chinese twist? On that, you know, so it could be sort of like something like a Cornish pasty. Well, what would I do? Well, well, I'd probably stick, you know, I'd probably put ginger, spring onion, chicken thighs, and other bits and oyster sauce in there. Or I could do a char siu puff pastry kind of thing. So you imagine sort of like, you know, you eat char siu pork with barbecue sauce running through it, and it'd be really nice in a pasty. And I kind of like that's where I get my inspiration from. So I look at what other dishes are out there and how I can put my own little twist on. So you've mentioned you love your food and. If there was only one dish then you could eat for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Realistically, it would have to be rice. Because I'm your typical Chinese guy in the sense that if I don't eat rice at least once a day, I don't feel like I've eaten. Now really? that could be, yeah, pretty much, yeah. So I mean, like, you know, obviously British is bread and potatoes and stuff like that. Chinese is rice. So yeah, so I, obviously I can have that boiled and I can have that steamed, you know, like in, in Chinese leaf and we, we, we call it lumpy yeah. in China. Yeah, so, you know, so, or I could have it in, like, in a rice porridge or I could have it fried or I could have that rice then blended down to make rice noodles. I'm slightly changing it now a little bit so I get the noodles <laughs> in there. You can add noodles, noodles in. <laughs> It's still rice. It's just made from rice. <laughs> so why not the noodles? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think it would have to be rice, if I'm completely honest. I even had rice in the morning for breakfast. We had rice, fried eggs, tin tomatoes, mushrooms, and we call it a workman's dinner. Yeah. So basically, so full English on top of rice rather than toast. So you also run online classes as well. How do they work and what can people expect from them? Yeah, I think the online classes started because of lockdown, because obviously I, I like face-to-face, I always have them. But then obviously through through lockdown, so like that wasn't an option anymore. And obviously I missed the interaction that I was getting with people. So I started doing an Instagram Live on a Wednesday night. And well, actually it was twice a day. I, I did one at lunchtime for the children, because obviously the kids were off school. So I did like a Chinese takeaway cook-along for the kids. And I did one in the evening for the adults that they could join in and stuff. And the interaction was just as good as face-to-face. It was so good because... People were live. They could ask me questions. They could talk. We could talk to one another via the video and stuff. And again, I've got this passion for teaching. I've been teaching martial arts since 2019, yeah, about 2000, so about 22 years now. And obviously, I've been teaching people to cook for about six and a half years now. And the, the two kind of like mold together. And I think it's that teaching people new skills. And you know, there's just something about the teaching aspect I really love. And the online stuff, again, just allows me to do that to a much wider audience and to people around the world. When I do my online classes now, we get people logging in from Hawaii, from Canada, from all over America. Obviously, the the books sell really well out in America, so I've got quite a large following out there as well, you see. How, How did you find lockdown? We were very fortunate. Um, we um, we had a garden, so we started growing our own veggies. 
And uh, because we were doing the online classes, we, we filmed Chinese Takeaway Kitchen for Amazon Prime during during lockdown. So, and obviously, I was writing books. So I, I was one of the fortunate ones in the sense that lockdown kept me very busy. So I didn't really notice it. And to be quite honest with you, I miss it a little bit because we go out now and the roads and everywhere is rammed. Whereas before, because we had to go out as a necessity because we were going to a film set or we were having to pick up ingredients, you know, we would drive around and the roads were empty and that. It was just nice that you could look up and you couldn't see planes, but you could hear the birds and you could, it was weird that, you know, cause I'm, you know, so I, I missed lockdown and I was, like I say, very lucky that it kept me busy. So for someone who's done so much in your career, in life and in your career, what have been some of your biggest achievements and challenges? I suppose the challenges are really sort of like, um, getting people to engage and getting people interested. Now, again, I say that's a challenge. I've been very fortunate because people have really took to my writing, to my um, to my shows and to everything else. I think you just have to be genuine, don't you, really? I think, and I, and I think sort of like as much as, yes, I've become more of a face um, in the media now, I think I stay very grounded in the sense that I surround my people with just, you know, we're just, we're just people out there earning a living kind of thing. Yeah, you know what? When the, when the, I suppose the achievement of book number one was phenomenal, and it really was like writing my own memoirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just so so even though it only took two two weeks to write, there was a lot of me poured into that first book because it was like you know it was it was memories of working in the restaurant, uh, mum and dad, uh, you know obviously working with my brother and sister, and uh, I suppose the the achievement was actually having that go out and also as well. The way people accepted it and they loved it and, you know, and don't get me wrong, the Red Book is fantastic. But I think over the last few years, I've become better as a chef. And I think the yeah. recipes that I'm coming up with now are even better than the ones that, I've, that I shared sort of like back in 2018, 2019. But I suppose biggest achievement was getting that first book on the shelf and, you know, walking into Waterstones or W.H. Smith or Sainsbury's and seeing your book on the shelf is just quite, quite amazing, really. So over your career, would you say then you've continued to get better? You're, you're always learning, basically. Yeah, I think as a, to be a good teacher, you have to realise that you're constantly a student. And that goes from my martial arts and cooking. So I think, you know, I, I love to learn. Um, I, 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 I watch a lot of other chefs and how they cook and how they prepare things, how they're injecting new flavours, textures uh, in, into, into dishes. And I think because there's that constant wanting to learn makes you a better person. I hope that I remain the same. I, I, you know, okay, I'm a teacher to some, but a student to others. Is there a particular chef that you admire or look up to at all? There isn't one I can just pull off, you know, pull out of a bag kind of thing because I, I watch a lot of chefs. I, I, I love watching Great British Menu because I think sort of like there's some unknown Michelin star chefs out there that are, and as much as when you watch the program, you don't really see the process that you, they're going through. But I think there's a, there's a common sense to cooking just as there's a common sense to martial arts. So I think if you get an idea of what they're doing and then you can obviously go out and re- research how, how things are done. So, no, so, the, so the answer is pretty much no. I'm not one of those. I'm not a fanboy. Never have been a fanboy. Even I even taught for the Bruce Lee family back in 2000. Which is quite a big thing. And I sat, I remember sitting in the hotel with Bruce Lee's wife, just the two of us, and we were just chatting. And not once did I ask about Bruce Lee because she must get it all the time. Why do you want to talk about it? You're not just a one trick pony. Linda, 
Linda Lee is Linda Lee. And I was asking about, you know, what she was up to, how she was enjoying the UK and blah, 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 blah. Um, so, yeah, so I've never been a fanboy. So I'm not one of those thinking, oh, my God, they walk on water and fantastic just because they're on the TV or because they write books. You know, I, I much prefer just to talk about people. I, I enjoy people. I enjoy people's yeah. company. I enjoy the interaction. So throughout your life and career then, what would you say has been the best piece of advice you've ever received? I wouldn't know if it, I don't, I don't think it's a piece of information that I've received. I think it's watching mum and dad work their asses off and didn't really ever complain about it. They kind of, it needed to be done and they did it. And I think that has just instilled so much knowledge just by watching. Uh, and I think that goes to, uh, that can be said to my brother and sister as well because they graft. Oilen's uh, a very successful solicitor and she works hard and she puts long hours in. And my brother, he, he's obviously multifaceted these days, you know, a little bit of cooking, a little bit of fashion, a little bit of DJing. And I think it really is just, you know, um, I think that the, the saying goes, how hard can it be? We kind of like, we, we, we have an idea and we go for it. And how hard can it be really? Let's just make it happen. So is that the piece of advice that you would pass on to anyone? Work hard. Yeah, work hard and just do it, which is a which is a Richard Branson quote actually, and um, it's like just do it, you know, have, you know, just just do it, get get this, get that bee in your bonnet, and don't let it don't let it settle. Just literally do something with that passion, with that want to do something different. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Journal Podcast, and tune in next week as we are joined by internationally acclaimed mindset coach Jeff Nicholson. Jeff gives us an insight into his own struggles, how he's dealt with them, and how he is turning these experiences into helping people all over the world excel and live their best life.